Hi, everyone. In this episode, Liz Miller from Constellation Research talks with Adobe's Katie Cook about AI, how workflows are changing for designers and researchers, and her tips for better cross-functional collaboration. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing, where we bring you candid conversations and stories with the thinkers, doers, and builders behind some of the most successful digital products and experiences in the world, from concept to execution. I remember having to do production work of like, I have to knock out that background. Let me take my lasso and then my smudge and get her hair to like not look. Now it's like, mm. hey, Firefly. Generative Phil. Yeah, there hey, Generative go. Phil. How are you? Generative Phil makes me so mad. <laughs> Why? Because it's all the hours. It's so good. Oh, the hours okay. that you wasted. They're, oh, they're saying yes. They're saying okay. that like now that everyone's butt into the living room. Hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Liz Miller. Uh, I am with Constellation Research, and I'm joined here by Katie. Katie Cook, welcome to the living room. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You having a good show so far? I am. I just attended a really awesome workshop. Awesome. And I'm can't wait for the keynote. I love it. Yeah, keynote's coming up at one third. One, just be there, everyone. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Katie, let's go. Let's get into this. We're gonna dig into the. I got five questions. I've done some gentle stalking, so I'm gonna ask you some awkward questions about yourself later. But <laughs> let's just let's just jump right in. I feel like I can shuffle things. Okay. Question number one. You ready? Here's our, here's our fast five. As companies are being challenged to innovate faster than ever, in what ways do you see design and research workflows changing? I see. It's really interesting. Um, this actually reminds me of one of our beta products, Adobe Podcast. And I think what's really interesting that that team's done is they put design, research, and product all in this like tiny, close-knit team. And they've made some incredible like AI-driven audio improvements. And so you can go on, you can test it out, but it was all kind of a research-led, design-led, and then product-integrated um, team. So it's pretty incredible. And I bet the word research didn't scare them as much as it probably would have had we said that to a product team 10 years ago. Like exactly. 10 years ago, if you went in and were like, hey, research is going to get involved in this, they'd be like, please take away the focus group. Exactly. But now they can really move forward a lot faster, can't they? They can. And, and you want to research in AI. You want to research on how people use it, like the design principles. So it's yeah. very interesting to see. I love it. I, I just realized that for those people watching this, I did not let you introduce yourself and say the <laughs> what you do and who you do it for. Yeah. So let's just do that now. I, I can do that okay. now. So I'm Katie Cook. I'm a principal product marketer at Adobe. Um, I focus on the creative cloud business on horizontal initiatives. Little company, Adobe. I don't, yeah. Has anyone heard of Adobe in this room? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> heard of Photoshop? He is actively <laughs> shaking his head, actually. He is actively shaking his head. Okay, so let's get into this one. I think because you, you said the two words that no one has heard, in a, two letters no one's heard in a little while. No, yeah. AI. It's a thing. We're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Describe what AI means to you in five words or less. Oh, man. <laughs> um... I'm going to do it in the Adobe context, and that's accelerate your workflow. Like, that is what AI is for us, is how do you take all of those crazy tasks that you would use 10 tools in Photoshop to do, and how do you do them in five seconds? I like it. I like it. So, okay, um, in my gentle stalking, 
that I did of you before all of this. When you joined Adobe, you actually didn't join on the creative cloud side of things, did you? You actually joined on the CX and the transformation side of things. Yes. So between then, when you were working with clients on their CX and their transformation, what is different now than what you were seeing then, if you think about CX? I think when I looked at, when I did CX, it was at, you know, what kind of analytic systems, what kind of CMSs are you using? Um, it was very, very kind of high level in terms of a MarTech stack. And now I'm so focused on content. And so it's like kind of like deep diving into a pool of content. Yeah. And we talk things about like content supply chain or content velocity. And so working on the tools that actually make that happen faster is like almost a smaller piece of that bigger pie. Yeah. But you have a little bit, I gave a lot of recommendations. Now I can drive those outcomes. So it's been a very different experience. I love that. I love that. Okay. What benefits and challenges arise for designers and researchers from integrating various tools and platforms into unified workflows? Oh man. It's like the alphabet soup, kitchen, laundry, madman's recipe, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I thought when I was in the MarTech world, like you have these uh, charts that show all like the different tools that you can use for analytics. They're just yeah. crazy. There's like 500 of them. And then I said, oh, it's, it has to be easier <laughs> on this side. <laughs> but now, you know, you look at, you use user testing, but you ideate on Miro and then you kind of bring it into different frameworks and you do UI UX testing. So there's a million different tools and yeah. finding, I also think like you study a very particular problem. You don't study a customer journey. And so that has its own challenges as well of like, how do you integrate learnings across more than just a checkout flow? Because um, a customer is, is much more though. than just like a checkout. I love that because I mean, I think that when you think about your average designer right now, they're like, okay, here are these 19 different things that are telling you that this is all wrong. Right. But where do you pick that high fidelity signal that's like, actually, I don't care if all the machines are telling me it's wrong, if my customer's telling me it's right, where do I get that from? Exactly. And that tends to be the hardest thing in that, right? It, yeah, and then, okay, do you look at the quant metrics? Do you look at the session replays? Do you yeah. look at, I mean, there's all these different ways that you could look at it, and it's very hard to put all the pieces together. And then, of course, you roll out a new version. So, right. so you <laughs> oh, get to do it all again. Go do it again, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you, have you started seeing teams get frustrated with that almost like the over like the over architecture of that process are they just are they kind of wanting to free up some of their time so does speed become the big like speed velocity I think what happens is you thing? kind of like narrow scope right yeah. and that has benefits and drawbacks and I think you have focus on certain parts of the customer journey so you can make sure the trial experience is the best thing they've ever had, but then when they start their onboarding, it's, you know, falling to the ground. So what do you, how do you think about like what right. parts you need to optimize and how you do that? Okay, so this, this question kind of ties into that, right? So it's in what ways can we increase cross-functional collaboration between design, development, and research teams? How have you seen it work really well? I think it's setting, having, okay, our team is driving this goal. Yeah. And being very clear, like, this is the goal that we're all working towards. Everyone's on board with this goal. Because I think when you have different teams pursuing different goals with different KPIs, it's just a mess, right? Yeah. Because you're, cause maybe success for them is achieved, but success for this other team is not achieved. But if you have a higher level goal of we are doing X, and this is how we're going to get to X, and these yeah. are how all the activities ladder to X, um, it makes it a lot easier. And then it's also like you're all on this boat together. Like, yeah. you're going 
somewhere together. So it's it's motivating as well. You know, I think also, you know, I, I see a lot of teams succeed when they put a business metric in it as well, where it's not just a functional metric or an operational metric. Like you really have that business metric of what are we driving our customers to do and how does that link back into the experience? Then it's not like, you know, because you can send that boat off that everyone's on together and it's like. It goes off the cliff. Yeah, it's sailing to nowhere, <laughs> right? And then yeah. everyone's like, why didn't that actually generate anything? And you're like, because you had the destination set to nowhere. Right. So I think having that business metric in there, you know, I think that that also becomes something that's really important. And something we talk about, we have so many amazing members of Creative Cloud. And so we talk a lot about what is membership value? Like, how do you become a best-in-class membership yeah. for people? And that is an amazing goal. But then I actually think it's harder, okay, what are the business metrics? Yeah. How do you push towards that? What does success look like? Those yeah. are kind of nitty-gritty things that you have to work out based on who your customers are, what they perceive as value. Really good point. And, and how do you bubble that up? Like, I mean, because with Adobe, you have a massive community in, like, Behance. You have a massive community in Experience League bringing all that signal up, if you listen to everyone's suggestions, you would be nowhere. Yeah. You would be absolutely <laughs> The clouds need nowhere. to stay a little separate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that and you have to start to, you have to start to pinpoint. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's get specific. Okay. Hmm. Mm, I know, I feel like I should ask you which one you want to answer, but no, then that would be no, cheating. No, no. Okay, I'm going here. If you had a magic wand, which part of the UX research process would you automate first? And why? Ooh, I would love, we, we get hours of footage, right? And we have all these interviews. And I think a human brain can only do so much yeah. in terms of synthesis and pulling out key ideas. But if we had some automation in terms of here are the key topics or here are the key words, but it's more than just like, oh, they said the 20 times, right? <laughs> you, how does like, how does, like uh, the computer identify topics yeah. or themes and then pull those out for me? I think that would be incredible because I spent so much time listening. Okay, how many times did they say that? In what type of context did they say that? Right. And how do you pull out the right themes? Because you're only going to share two to three, right? And so what are the most salient ones that we yeah. can bring? That's really where like the, all of the AI, that's like, that's AI getting put to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like it. I need the computer to right, do Right, you're the like, work. I need this to work. <laughs> and okay. you need to look, you need to layer on your own context, but if yeah. they can pull out some sentiments for me and start to aggregate it, like that would be really helpful. Right. And not like sentiment, like understand that when someone says something spicy, it doesn't mean that something's bad. Right. Right. Like, cause I, like I need, I need it to understand all those things. Okay. So I'm completely, this is where my stalking just goes off the rails. No, I'm worried. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Harvard Westlake. That's where you went to high school. That's where I went to high school. Did you also go to grade school there? Uh, not from middle school and high school. Middle yeah. school and high school up. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I graduated from Buckley. We're going to be better than you forever. There we <laughs> just forever. I do love Buckley. Greater than. Yeah, it's just, it's just LA, LA childhood rivalries. I just went there a lot sooner than you. Like, Close to like 20. Like I graduated in like 89 and yeah. you graduated in like 2008. So like different rivalries, Di completely yeah. different. But you know, it's what happens. You <laughs> they get they nerdy weren't even prep Harvard school. Yeah. They weren't Harvard and Westlake yeah. then. It was like just, it's where the Menendez brothers went versus where Tyra Banks went. <laughs> and now it's where everyone goes. Th this is just where the podcast got like funky. So everyone come in the living room. We're going to find out weird things with everyone. We're just going to have it all go spicy and crazy. And we're just going to have some more fun. Okay. Work question. We're back to it. Considering, well, I should ask you another question. Favorite spot to eat in L.A.? 
Ooh. In the valley. Let's let's oh. narrow it down. Oh, we're gonna narrow it down. Favorite spot, spot to, to eat, eat in, in the, the valley. valley. Um, so when when we were in high school, Bellwood Bakery was like my favorite. Uh, I don't even know if it's still there, honestly. I don't think it is, actually. But, I don't know. We're going to have to find out. So we're going to have to Google that one. What's that French place that it's like, they have the best egg. It's on Ventura. Le Pan, that one? No, 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 it's no, like no. kind of fancy. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's <gasps> Le Petit Trois or something yes. like that. Or mm-hmm. Trois something. Yeah. That place is. Although, I don't know. See, like, I go old school. And I'm like carnies. Oh well, right. yeah. There you go. Like, where else are you gonna get chili fries in an old train? I haven't thought about carnies. Carnies in, a in long like decades, time. right? Yeah. See, this is what happens. Yeah. You come to the Human Insights Conference and you just get a little flash down <laughs> memory lane with some food items. But that's fine. But We're the in valley, Seattle. Valley's where it's at. The valley is where it's at. You know, darn it, people. Everyone who just wants to spend all their time on the West Side, you're missing <laughs> all the good tacos. That's just what I'm gonna say. But also, actually, no, don't come. Yeah. I'm thinking about my traffic on the phone. Yeah. Like the one, I was like, <laughs> the I just had, like, I had like enough. one-on-one traffic. I'm like, no one come to the valley. Everyone stay away. Everyone stay in Santa Monica. Mulholland please. Drive, it's terrible. Yeah, Mulholland Drive, anyway, that's terrible. You're just going into a completely different land and it's <laughs> awful. Don't come. <sighs> anyway, okay, now back to work. Now, seriously, considering the benefits and challenges of remote work, mm. how can technology platforms facilitate communication and collaboration between teams? So this is an interesting one because we just completed a big research study this summer and a lot of it we did remotely, but actually for the focus groups, while the participants were remote, we actually were all in the same room listening to them and kind of brainstorming. And it's, it's actually a marked difference, I think, between that kind of like ideation slash synthesis session of themes that you've heard when you're in person, you can kind of rip off of each other. So I don't know what the... Like, how do you achieve that sense of reading body language, of putting sticky notes up? I mean, I think things like Miro or kind of having artifacts, like written artifacts of what you learn really helps. But that that was a hard one. The brainstorming sessions in person, it makes it really difficult. But I I think being intentional about when you gather, because there's a lot of things like... Yeah, I didn't. For we did digital boards. Like I don't need to be in person when people are filling yeah. out digital boards. Like that's that's okay. Like we can just like we can we can that's look awesome. at what they this write. This could have been an email. Yeah, right? like, like, like I don't need to I be there. But I think when you have you know focus groups and you want just um, questions pivoted or you want to focus on a certain person, like yeah. having that backroom. Uh, conversation was so helpful. Yeah. Um, so, I think yeah. it's almost the combination of both, right? I've seen really great opportunities where if you get that room full of people together to listen and synth- synthesize, oh my God. Yeah. But then also have those collaboration engines like, hey, have your work front open. Like, you know, like have yeah. your fake jam open. Like be able to go on the side and pull other people in. Yes. It just, I mean, remote work allows us to kind of rethink what that teardown or what that build-up session is going to be. So I love that. Right, and like being super intentional about, okay, like this is the time we're having a person, so we're going to do these activities, but everything else could be handled remotely. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Excellent. Katie, thanks for joining me in the living room. Did you have fun? I had a great time. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. No, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining in all the sessions. And, hey, we'll do another one, right? Give it up for Katie, everyone. Thank you so much. So much fun. Good. I'm glad you had fun. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find the show notes at usertesting.com slash podcast. 
If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing.